Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attacked those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. I appreciate it. There are so many things that you could listen to and spend your time on. I appreciate you coming here and taking the time to listen. Hope you uh, enjoy it, get some things out of it, be able to help you, maybe challenge you. Uh, Hopefully it's done in the right spirit and heart. I try to uh, want it to be that way. So you see the title there, How to Not Become an atheist. By the way, my name is David Baker. I am the pastor of the Family Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, and vice president of Independent Baptist Online College. And so this, um, uh, there's a lot of reasons why people become atheists. We looked it up. I'm not going to take the time to go through all of those, but sometimes it's, quote, science, falsely so-called. Um, they think they're looking at science, and therefore it's Big Bang, and it's a natural selection. It has nothing to do with God. Uh, the more you study that out, you realize there was a, had to be, a designer, <laughs> which is God, okay? Um, so that doesn't fit. They just find something to back up why they want to live. The Bible says why someone is an atheist, um, and I know I'm not trying to start out hard or cruel. I really want to be kind and helpful. But the Bible says a fool has said in his heart, there's no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable, abominable works. I was a uh, soul winning met a 16-year-old kid in the neighborhood and tried to witness to him and talked to him about Christ and coming to church. And he goes, well, I'm an atheist. I said, really? He said, yeah, I'm an atheist. I said, okay, so you don't believe in God? He goes, nope. So you don't believe in the Bible either, right? He goes, nope. I said, how about if I could show you in the Bible why you say there's no God. And he said, um, really? It says that? I said, yeah. So I pulled it up, uh, Proverbs, uh, sorry, Psalm uh, 14, I believe, and uh, read that to him. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable works. The reason why you say there's no God is because there's something in your life. I don't know what it is, but something in your life you know is wrong. You don't want to admit it. Therefore, you say there is no God. Uh, that way you can do whatever you want to do. I don't know if was, he's going to hit me, run, cuss me out or whatever. And uh, he looked at me and said, yeah, you're right. 
I said, so can I show you from the Bible how to go to heaven? He said, yes. <laughs> Went through the plan of salvation, and he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There's no way we got here by chance and randomness. Uh, a couple weeks later, I was in the town south of us in Mount Pleasant, knocked on a door, and um, invited a lady to church, and she goes, I'm an atheist. I said, really? I just met an atheist in Columbia. And I just told her the story that I told him. And she said, that's me too. I said, so can I show you from the Bible how to go to heaven? And she said, yes. And she believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to save her. Uh, I've done that a couple other times. Not always. Sometimes people, you know, get upset at that. I'm not trying to do that. There are different reasons why people become an atheist. The episode zero of this podcast, you have to go way back, okay? Episode zero. Um, in the introduction, it talks about a story of an assistant pastor that worked with me for nine years and who is now... Um, atheist agnostic, as I know his son is a full atheist. Um, my former assistant pastor doesn't talk a lot, but just what's been said, and someone very close to him said they're not allowed to have a Bible in the house. His son is very vocal, and he is a um, full-blown atheist and a lot of other issues. Anyway, episode zero, I talk about that, and he started changing. One of the first episodes we talked about change as a position and not to be given to change and to see where that leaves people. And when he left us, he said he believed what we believed and then change, 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 change until now he is literally uh, agnostic or atheist. So, um, but what I want to talk about in this, uh, a couple years ago, I saw a video of a young man. I believe he was sincere, um, dedicated, um, I don't have any reason to believe that he's just fake or malicious. I believe he was sincere, and he put a video out, and it was called um, Why I'm No Longer a Christian, Why I'm No Longer a Christian, and, uh, and I watched that, and I hurt for him. I mean, I really did. I hurt for him, and I thought about it. I wonder if I could talk to him or call him or help him. I thought, I'm sure he's getting it from everybody on every side, and and I didn't, and uh, you know, was it my place to, and I don't know if I would have been received well or not, but I, I, I hurt for him because of what he saw and where he ended up with what he saw and with what he knew. Um, this past week, I watched the video again, and uh, again, I hurt for him. And so I thought, well, maybe I would just make a video out of it to help people how not to become an atheist um, and using his story. I'm not attacking him. This may get back to him or not. I'm not going to use his name or uh, who he is. If you know him, you already know him. I'm not telling you anything different that you don't know. But um, I would love to help him if he would listen to this and if it could be a help to him. But also people who are heading that direction uh, I'd like to help you with that. So his story was, he said he became an atheist by watching and seeing people that he looked up to in the churches that messed up. First thing was, and I didn't go back through to quote it, so if I misquote something, please, I'm not doing that. I'm not misrepresenting him on purpose. Um, I had already listened to it twice before I decided to to teach on this. So if I, again, if I don't quote something exactly, please understand, I'm not not trying to misrepresent him. But uh, the church he was growing up in, he was a, a teenager, a preacher boy, and called to preach, independent fundamental King James Baptist Church, and and the church, in his opinion, did not handle a situation right. I don't know the church. I don't know the situation. I can't say whether it 
it was or not, but in his opinion, uh, there was a situation in the church that his church didn't handle right. And he left the independent Federal Baptist and went to a more non-denominational church and really got involved. And this, this is it. And wow. I love it. I love the way this church is. And, and, um, again, I don't know. I've never been to that church. I know the pastor because he mentioned it. Um, but you know, just loving, not really hard preaching, not quote legalistic, um, and jumped in and just totally got involved and believed in it. And then that pastor uh, got caught in a scandal of hiring prostitutes. So then he left all churches and still a Christian, still a believer, um, but not a part of any religious. And you hear a lot of people, I'm spiritual, but it's not religious, or I don't... Um, I don't believe in uh, organized religion, and, and so that was him. Then he started listening to a lot of people and their stories of how they had been hurt by other Christians or preachers. And he said, after seeing all that and seeing people that I looked up to that were supposed to be Christians, if that's what Christianity is, then I don't want any part of it. And he is now no longer a Christian. Thought, boy, how sad is that? I'd like to help you with that. Like I said, there are many ways that people can get away from God, many ways that people stop believing in God and stop following God. One way <laughs> that Satan uses is to get people to look at people instead of God. We know the old quote of Gandhi said, I would have become a Christian if it weren't for Christians. No, <laughs> you don't become a Christian because of other Christians. You become a Christian because of Christ, because of Jesus Christ. When you look at Jesus Christ and look at even his disciples and followers, you didn't become a Christian because of looking at Peter's life or looking at uh, any of the disciples' life, doubting Thomas. You became a Christian because of Christ the followers, how good they are or bad they are, is not why we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We accept Jesus Christ as our Savior because he is God. He was born on this earth, perfect of a virgin, lived a perfect life, never sinned, died, buried, and rose again to pay for all the sins that the world's committed, put them on his shoulders, died, buried, and rose again after three days. Amazing. Uh, saw 50 days by hundreds of people, um, and nobody doubted it because you couldn't. There he was. That's why we become Christians, because we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is who he said he was, God in the flesh, and he did what he said he was going to do, pay the penalty for our sin. And so why in the world would we lose why would we quit being a Christian because of what a Christian does? Um, if Jesus maybe did some of those things, okay, fine. I'm not going to follow or believe in him anymore, but he was perfect. Let me ask you in this, what would you do if the best man you know, the best man you know, was accused of a horrendous sin, a wicked sin, murder, rape, or even, even something worse than that, like rooting for Alabama football. Yes, I said it. <laughs> okay. Who did I tick off now? So um, in our church, we joke about that and have fun. So I hope you can take my humor okay. But seriously, if the best man you know, the best man you know, what if you heard the best Christian you know, the best Christian man you know, you heard he did some wicked, horrible sin, murder, rape, uh, incest, or whatever. What would you do? What would you think? Would you think, yeah, he was fake forever? Would you think, ah, he's a predator? Um, would you throw God away because of that? Would you say, if that's the way Christians are, then I don't want to be one at all? How would you handle that? 
How would you handle that? What would you think? Let me give you what I think would be the right way to think. Number one, and by the way, we have all heard things like that about people that we know. Here I think is the first thing we ought to think is this. Pray that it isn't true. I pray it's not true. Oh, did you hear? Oh, I pray it's not true. Is that the way most of us are? By the way, I think it's sad. If you are the type person, when you hear something like that, you're like, yep, yep, I knew it, I knew it. He's wrong, he's a Really? You're excited? You're glad that somebody got hurt? You're glad that there are victims or multiple victims? You're glad that now he is going to uh, possibly uh, be sentenced or judge or jail? You're glad his wife and kids are not gonna have a, a father or husband? You're glad about that? You're excited about that? I think the first attitude we ought to have in that is, I pray it's not true. By the way, is there some time that it's not true? That what you heard isn't true? Yeah, we'll talk about that sometime. Uh, But I think the first thing ought to be this, is to pray it's not true. I don't want it to be true for anybody. If the person that counts me as an enemy, I don't have any enemies, I don't hate uh, anybody, but if a person counts me as an enemy and is trying to hurt and attack me, the, the person who tried to do that the most, if I heard something horrible about him, I would first pray it's not true. Pray it's not true. Um, I won't go into it because it's not the the it's not the purpose of this podcast. But a preacher, very well known, uh, we had a disagreement on the King James Bible issue and inspiration, and we had a good discussion about it. And then we had some bad discussions about it, and then some bad letters about it. And we ended up distancing ourselves. And um, I didn't count him as an enemy, but I just gave him to God. Said God. You know what was said, what was done. You know the lies. God, I give them to you. And I went on with my life. And then an accusation of something that he had done. My first thought was, I pray it's not true. I pray it's not true. Uh, From everything we know, it ended up being true. Been convicted and went to prison. Uh, But I think the first thing ought to be, pray it's not true. Number two, number two, what should we do? How should we handle that if we hear that somebody, preacher, someone you like, care about, the best person you know, or, or some preacher, how should we handle that? Number one, pray it's not true. Number two, don't make a judgment because that's not your job. Don't make a judgment because that's not your job. By the way, almost no one does this. We all make a judgment. I don't think it's true. I think it's true. I don't think it's true. I think it's true. I know it's not true. I know it is true. How do you know that? How do you know that? Do you know all the facts? Do you know if it's all true? Is there another side of the story? Might someone be lying? Might there be extenuating circumstances? Um, The guy that uh, shot somebody, three people breaking into his house, might it be that uh, he did shoot him, but they were trying to break into his house and maybe kill his family? Are there extenuating circumstances in that murder or that horrible thing that you heard of? Um, We are not the judge. Are you a lawyer? Did you run for judge? Are you appointed? Um, Have you been assigned the case? Are you the judge? Even if you are the judge, you're not supposed to make the decision until you hear both sides in cross-examination and uh, opening arguments and closing arguments and testimonies. Even the judge in the case that's assigned to the case isn't supposed to make a judgment until they've heard of everything. How dare you? How dare you make a judgment about it when you're not the judge and you do not know the story? Well, I heard this person said it's true, and I believe them. Even the Bible said, if it's one witness, you do not believe that or put someone to death or judge someone based on one witness. That's that's Bible. The first thing is pray it's not true. Second is don't make a judgment. That's not 
my job. I'm not the judge. I'm not the jury. I'm not the senator. I'm not the defense attorney. I'm not the prosecuting attorney. I'm a Christian. What I'm supposed to do is to help somebody when they fell and help everyone involved if they fell. Um, so number one, pray it's not true. Number two, don't make a judgment. That's not our job. Number three, what should we do? If it came out, it's not just a best interest plea. By the way, I've worked in the court system for 30 years. And just because someone took a plea for you to say that's what they did, you do not know the legal system at all. <laughs> you do not know and understand the legal system at all, what they do to get a plea. This person's already been in jail. They've already been locked up. Uh, they're finally going to get them a plea, and they'll give them time served and get out of jail today. They'll sign anything. Where do I sign? Um, and again, some people are truly guilty, but if it came out, not just a best interest plea, but the facts, mission of guilt, truth, uh, that he really did do what's bad. Now what? Quit Christianity? <laughs> no, no. If it did come out that it really was true and they really did do that. So what do you think now? Um, here it is. <laughs> we realize he's human. Duh. <laughs> we realize he was a sinner. Hello. Um, by the way, is that a new thought? Is that some new phenomenon? <laughs> Listen, I heard my pastor this in Bible college. It's a great statement. Uh, people said, uh, Brother Howells, have you lost your faith in Christianity? All the things you've seen, all the people that have turned on you, all the people that lied on you, and all the things you've seen, and all the sin you've dealt with, uh, the human nature, and what people have done. Pastor, uh, have you lost your faith in Christianity? And, or no, he said, have you lost your faith in humanity? He said, no. How come? Because my faith was never in humanity. I cannot lose my faith in humanity because my faith was never in humanity. My faith was in God. My faith was in the Lord. My faith was never in man. My faith was never in the flesh. We are to not make provision for the flesh. Um, oh, David sinned. Oh no, I can't believe it. God didn't know what to do. God never saw that coming. Really? No, God saw it coming. He knew it was going to be there. Um, wow. And what happened? We are not to put our trust in man. Over and over and over and over, we're to trust God. My wife and I have a marriage course, and she taught a lesson called um, Can I Trust Him? And a whole bunch of study. If you find a verse separately, let us know. But we looked everywhere we could and could not find one verse that said, you ever trust a man. And working on a marriage and uh, there was a failure or you wonder if you can trust him. It's not trusting man, it's trusting God. That God knew this was going to happen and God can turn around and work together to heal this marriage. Over and over and over, the Bible says explicitly, do not trust man. <laughs> um, Psalm 56, 11, I, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Psalm 118, 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Um, and um, Psalm 146, uh, verse 3, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man in whom there is no help. Over and over and over and over and over, we do not put trust in man. How come? Because the heart of man is desperately wicked, okay? We don't put trust in man. So if we are told over and over not to put trust in man, then when man sins, why is our faith shaken? Guess what he proved? He's human. Guess what he proved? He's a sinner. Guess what it proved? He was overtaken in a fault. Again, when David sinned, I think what he did was 
pretty bad, don't you think? You skipped work, slept till noon, got up, looked out the window, and saw a woman bathing herself. From my understanding, she was not doing something wrong. That's where the water was captured, and it was during the day, and men were all out, and then no one would see her, and she would take a bath. Okay, It's not like running water and showers that we have today. He looked, he saw, he lusted, he took her, he lied with her, he tried to cover it up. Um, that didn't work, so he had her husband killed. Pretty bad, huh? <laughs> wow. Did that shock God? By the way, did God lose his faith in God when that happened? No. Guess what it proved to God and to anyone who knew? David was a sinner and David was human. That's what it proved. Was God shocked when Abraham accepted the handmaid to have a child with? Sarah was afraid she wasn't going to have a baby. Here's my handmaid. Take her. Have a child with her. Abraham should have said, no, by faith, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. God's going to give us a child with you, not through a handmaid. I'm not going to go into her. That's wrong. Did he do that? No. His wife offered him a young woman to go sleep with. And he said, sure. Guess what it proved? He's human. He's a sinner. That's what it proved. Samson, Delilah, was God surprised? No. God is never shocked. We should handle things like who? God, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Was Jesus shocked when um, they brought to him a woman caught in the act of adultery? Was he shocked? Was Jesus shocked um, when uh, he met the woman at the well and uh, he said, call thy husband? And she said, I have no husband. <laughs> he said, thou hast rightly said, thou hast no husband, thou hast had five husbands, and he who thou now hast is not thy husband. Nothing shocked God. God knew all that. What does it do? It shows he's a sinner. For 35 years, I've been preaching, 30 years pastoring, and the things I've had to deal with, humanity could be shocking. But it doesn't shock us because we know humans are humans. The best of men are men at best. Why in the world would I lose faith in Christianity and Jesus Christ, the perfect, <laughs> the Son of God, the one who loved us so much, who gave his life and shed his blood, who lived on the sin-cursed earth and put up with all the things he put up with, the beatings, the sacrifice, the buffeting, the blood, the, the, the sins of the world being put on his body, God turning his back on him. Why would we lose faith in Jesus Christ? Because a human being did what human beings do. They sinned. Well, he was a preacher. He should have known better. Everybody knows better. That preacher is made out of the same stuff that everybody else is made out of. Not make an excuse for him. What does it prove? He's a sinner and he's human. I'm not going to give up on Christianity because of some human being. Wow. Have you lost your faith in Christianity? Have you lost your faith in humanity? No. My faith was not in humanity or in Christians. My faith was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, how long did it take humans to mess up? We don't know the timeline here. I give my uh, understanding. Um, when Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden and said, do not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Okay. How long did it take them to eat the, eat the fruit? How long did it take them? Um, I believe they were probably intimate right away and very fertile and could have had a child right away. The other mammals were um, producing offspring. Um, they didn't have any children yet. Um, <laughs> I believe it was less than nine months. And probably, by the way, with children. You ever tried this with a child? Now, don't touch this. Walk out of the room. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> Human nature, they touch that. Now, don't do this. And they do that. That was a bad, big, 
big brother. I had a brother two years younger than me, and I was six and he was four, and I would tell my brother and point at my, my uh, shoulder, and um, I said, now, Dan, now don't hit me. Well, you tell your little brother, don't hit you, he hits you. And so now he hit me, I can hit him back. So, you know, a two-year-old, a two-year younger brother hitting you in the arm is not going to hurt, no big deal. But a two-year older brother clobbering you in the face, that's going to hurt. And so he goes crying to mom, David hit me, David hit me. And uh, so mom's coming after me, I'm going to get in trouble. Mom, he hit me first. She looked at him. Did he? Did you hit him first? Yes. So he got a spanking. Isn't that horrible? I used his pride against him, told him what not to do, knowing he would do it. And then I got to clobber him. Then he cried to mom and he did it first. So he got the spanking. Okay. By the way, that's what Satan does. He tempts you and then beats you up with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what he does. He plays to our pride. The Garden of Eden, how long? <laughs> the next day? The next week? I don't think it took very long. By the way, did that shock God? I just told you not to eat of it. Did that shock God? No. He already knew it, and he had a plan from the foundation of the world to send his son to be the lamb to take away the sin of the world. He already knew it. How dare we quit on God because a sinner messed up? How dare we? How much has God done for you? How much has Jesus done for you? The Bible says by him we consist Every good and perfect gift coming from above. Your wife, your children, any blessing you ever had came from God. How dare you quit on God because a sinner was a sinner, because a Christian messed up. I try not to make these preachy, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like it needs to be. Listen, I don't care what anybody did. If the best man I know, when I preach this in our church and I picked on my dad, he's 86, and um, he and mom had been married over 60 years. They met in a Baptist church. Their first date was at a Baptist church. My dad's never drank, smoked, cussed. Neither had my mom. Both been Sunday school teachers and deacons, and they were married pure. They've only been with each other. Okay, So I joked and said, if I found out my dad was a polygamist and had different wives all over the country uh, when he went on his business trips, guess what? I'm not going to stop being a Christian. I found out, oh, my dad's a sinner. By the way, that is not true, okay? Um, I don't know that he liked my illustration for that sermon, but I don't care what I hear about anyone. It's not going to shake my faith in Jesus Christ. It's not going to shake my faith in humanity because I don't have faith in humanity. God said we're making no provision for the flesh. We're not to trust our flesh. We're sinners. We're human, and we can mess up. By the way, be careful, listen, one of the, if you understand the rules for radicals that was written, one of their big tenets is make the enemy live up to their own book of rules. That's a quote. Make the enemy live up to their own book of rules. Um, what is our book of rules? <laughs> the Bible, okay? Has any Christian ever lived up to the book of rules, to the Bible? No, we're all sinners, so, oh, I thought you were a Christian. I can't believe you did that. And then the next one, ridicule, is a man's most potent weapon. Then they ridicule and ridicule and ridicule you forever. Don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. When you see a Christian that fell first, you hear about it, pray it's not true. Second, I'm not going to make a judgment. I don't have to. Now, there's sometimes I do have to make a judgment. If something I hear in our church that was illegal on a scale like that, I turn it in. How come? That's my job. It's the police's job to be able to judge whether it's right or wrong and send it to the DA and get a true bill on all that. That goes into the system. It's not my job. So I don't think it's true. I don't, that's me making a judgment. 
I don't have to make a judgment. Only thing I do is what I'm supposed to do by the law. Um, and so, but nobody can live up to the rules. Um, so, hey, in our life, we're going to hear of people that messed up. We're going to hear of that. Prepare yourself for life. People will disappoint you. People will let you down. If you let it, people will shock you, okay? Nothing that I ever hear about anyone shocks me. Um, <laughs> if you understand man, you'll never be disillusioned because of men. Human beings are sinners. Through the years of pastoring, and, and I'm, I'm going to give no details so nobody would know who I'm talking to unless the people that were involved in that. We had a good family. Um, a man got caught buying prostitutes on our business trips. Shocked? I found out he's human. He's a sinner. And he messed up badly. And we worked to help him restore his marriage, restore his family. And God humbled him and still married, serving the Lord today. Moved to a different place. We're not in our church. Have a good family. Got away from God. Started living a swinger lifestyle. They got right with God. Um, got pure. Asked God to forgive them. Went forward. They're still serving God today. Um, I know of... Um, good family. He accused his wife of multiple affairs, four, five, six different people. Um, they stayed married, worked on their marriage, got things fixed and went on. Um, some people are like, oh, they should have divorced him. No, God said you divorce because of the hardness of your heart. Wouldn't it be better to forgive and to work and restore and fix a marriage for the marriage sake, for Christ's sake, for the children's sake? If they can fix that and work on that and never go back to that, isn't that better for the kids, the family, and for everybody involved? Absolutely it is. By the way, nothing surprises God. Nothing, okay? If someone messed up, then try to help them, love them, get them to the Bible, try to fix the problems. All three of those families stayed together, got counsel, and they're serving the Lord in good churches today. Lost my faith in humanity? No. My faith was never in humanity. My faith was in God. Do not look at human beings and put your trust in them. They're human. They're human. I am not going to give up on the Lord Jesus Christ because a bunch of humans are sinners. We knew that from the beginning. God bless you. Hope that helps you. Um, don't focus on people. Focus on God. Realize people are people. Humans are humans. Sinners are sinners. That's what they do. God bless you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.